Hey, what's up, sports ethos world? Uh, you're listening to Jared and Jared's Supermax podcast. And uh, I just wanted to give you a brief introduction. If you have never heard this show, I will reintroduce ourselves. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts. My name is Jared Russo. And uh, my other co-host is Jared Rosking. And uh, hello. Yes, hello. We, uh, we run a podcast based on salary cap leagues for fancy basketball. Uh, using real salaries for real NBA players. And uh, today, we are going to do a rest of the season draft because hindsight is always twenty twenty. Uh, we have a third special guest, our beloved Professor John. Uh, hello, Professor John. Hello. And, Good uh, to be here again. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. <laughs> the three of us are going to draft teams of... 10 so we'll do it like a snake order uh and we'll just pick who are the best players for the rest of the season and uh, of course someone has already stumbled into my secret list on google docs of people i was considering on taking uh we're just basically going to try to figure out who the best players are for the rest of the season so um i'm not quite sure how this would be helpful to you because your draft has been done for months this is not a daily thing, um, and we're not doing a, a, a 2022-23 season preview. That'll, that'll come in a, in a couple of months uh, before we take a sort of summer break from basketball. But here's what's going to happen. Each of us are going to have 30 seconds or so to pick and talk about who they are taking for the rest of the season in a salary cap fantasy basketball draft league. Um, Professor John gets the first pick, and then I get the second pick, and then Mr. Ross King gets the third and then fourth, and then I'll go fifth, and then yada, yada, yada. Uh, you understand how snake drafts work. So do I have any questions for my co-host and special guest? None from me. I'm just surprised I get the first pick. I can't remember if I've ever had the first pick in this league. So at least in our time. fake draft, I get it. <laughs> Anything for you, Professor. <laughs> All right. Well, um, number one pick on our actual league uh, was Luca, and while honestly, for the first couple months of the season, I don't know that uh, I don't know that he lived up to that in the first couple months of the season. But he seems to be hitting his stride, and maybe he played his way into shape or whatever. But I, I don't see a reason not to take Luca first overall, especially at ten million. I feel like deep down that's the that's the right pick. Um, I I I want to I want to like try to argue with you because I feel like that would make for a good podcast. Like my instincts are to go no, but I can't do that. Um, this is the last season of Luca's rookie deal contract. Is that correct? Uh yeah, no, he's going to be yeah. somewhere close to like forty or fifty million next yeah. year. It's going to be insane. I feel like he does this a lot where he comes into camp out of shape and then he just kind of like figures it out. Um, he was a little injury, not prone, but he was a little banged up earlier in the season. The, the person in our league who owns him was trying to shop him. I feel like for the rest of the season, you're probably just going to bet on Luca. Um, it's interesting though, to think about like, because the league we are in right now, it is just like total points for the whole season. Winner take all. There are no fantasy playoffs there is no like what teams are going to heat up down the stretch what players are going to stay healthy 
who's looking for playoff seating, who's not going to get benched and do rest days. Like that all factors in. So maybe we have to kind of think about stuff like that. Um, I'm not going to because I have the second pick and I'm picking uh, Nikola Jokic because pound for pound, this man has put up more fantasy statistics than anyone else in the league. And there's a pretty big gap between him and Giannis at number two. And I feel like taking him regardless of his salary is just a smart thing to do. And I'm not going to second guess it. So I'm going to take last year's MVP. Would anyone like to argue with me? I'm not going to argue with you. To me. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to say that uh, even, you know, you say regardless of salary, Nikola Jokic, for somebody who puts up his production, you were mentioning Giannis, he makes $10 million less than Giannis, and he's mm-hmm. putting up more fantasy points. So I, I don't have a bone to pick with that. I mean, that's the, it's a more expensive player, but still a value for a max player. And, yeah, and he's he's putting up ridiculous production. Mr. Ross King? No, I completely agree. I mean, he's the guy that I wanted to drop to me. So uh, since you decided to take Nikola Jokic, who could really play point guard, I think, in the NBA, he could oh, be a point guard. he's carrying that team. The, he can the, do anything. The, the, he can play the two guard. He can play three. He can play the six. He can play position that don't exist. Um but for me, because you, it was going to be uh, Nikola Jokic or Giannis here. And so you took Jokic, I take Giannis. Um, like he's, he's had a bit of a, a little bit banged up this season, but I think the Bucks are starting to come into shape as we're getting ready to hit the all-star break and then go into the last third of the season before the playoffs. Uh, you know, with the Nets not being able to stay healthy, keep it together, I, I think the Bucks are the – favorite right now in the Eastern Conference again. Um, and with him, I'll also take someone who is in the last year of his rookie deal, uh, who's not going to be making a whole lot this year, but the next year is going to jump up just like Luca, And that's Trey Young. Uh, the value is, is too good here. There are players who have better production, but the value that Trey Young has on that contract is too good. So I will go Giannis and then Trey Young at three and four. I hate you because you took Trey Young and I was going to take him. I don't know why I care so much about this fake draft. This is just for the listeners. This is just to produce a, a good time, fun podcast. I'll say this before I go. I feel like this season I have absolutely recontextualized how much I'm willing to pay for a player. I think before I was very much in the camp of like get the most cheap players available. And then through the course of this season in our league, I have never seen more guys with big inflated contracts be worth keeping and more young dudes who are cheap, just get tossed to the curb. I have never encountered anything like it. Um, So I'm definitely going to have to reconsider how I draft next season. Cause, uh, and I guess I guess this 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 segues into who I'm taking next. I'm taking DeJounte Murray, who makes $15 million and is on one of the most lackluster rosters I've ever seen. 
Like no one watches this Spurs team. No one cares. They're going nowhere. Oh, I think someone on this pod cares. <laughs> okay, fine. A very small group of de- dedicated <laughs> hardcore people and people who live in Texas care. But like, as opposed to like what they used to be. Let me rephrase. This year, it's like a dead season for them. Like they're not one of the worst teams. They're not one of the best. They have some guys you're interested in, but like nothing flashy. I'm looking at this man's production and I'm flabbergasted that no one is like just rubber stamping him into the all-star game. DeJounte Murray has blown up into a superstar and no one is talking about him. He has put up the third most fantasy stats. Uh, I'm looking at ESPN standard right now. He scored more than Steph Curry and James Harden and LeBron. Like, what? I what? I didn't see this. Did anyone see this coming? John, please tell me you've seen some Spurs games so you can comment on uh, on Mr. Murray. I mean, DeJounte Murray, his big thing has been, like last year he was coming off an ACL injury and he was working his way back into shape. And they always say coming off a major injury like that, it's usually not until about a year later that they get back to their potential. And pre-injury, he was on an arc. I have not been surprised by this. I've, um, I mean, I was somewhat surprised that somebody snaked him out in front of me in our league draft, but I haven't necessarily been surprised by his production. Um, you know, for our listeners, I, I am the Spurs apologist. I don't call myself a Spurs fan because frankly, when pop retires, I don't think I'm going to care about him anymore, but, um, who knows when that's going to happen? I mean, he, we thought he was on his way out several times, uh, and he hasn't. So uh, I still track him as long as he's coaching him. And and Murray is like, people were floating around. Oh, Murray for Ben Simmons. I mean, who would you really rather have? I mean, you, Murray's way better than Ben Simmons. Like he, you know, he's aggressive. He 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 contributes all the way around. I mean, he's not six eleven. Like that's what Ben Simmons has on him, is that is height. But Murray plays harder. He, you know, he contributes in more phases of the game. He works to improve himself. And, oh, yeah, he's actually played most of the games this year, and Ben Simmons hasn't played one. So I'm glad they haven't dealt him. I sure hope they don't. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I applaud that pick. Um, I am going to go with a player that I wish I had drafted in our league, and he was on my board, but it was another one that got snaked out in front of me at some point. And I can't complain with so much because I'm doing pretty decent in the standings. But since we're doing this over again, um, another guy, and this dude's going to get paid because he did not get an extension with the team that drafted him, and he has balled out, and it's Miles Bridges. Damn it. I'm going to take him. And I took oh, him yeah. for real. It was very nice. Yeah, yeah, I know. I had to make sure you didn't get him again. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just realized I get to go again. Um, So if y'all don't have anything else to say about uh, Miles Bridges. He's the surprise of the season. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. Like, and this is somebody else. The reason he was on my board is it was something like post all-star break. I want to say last year. He went something close to 50, 40, 90, which, you know, everybody likes the Bridges dunks. And coming out of Michigan State, he had this great defensive reputation. So, like, you knew the pieces were there. But even that, like, the reason he got 
picked up in front of me on my board is like I figured I could get him halfway through the draft and I could not uh, like some, you know, Jared took him, uh, Jared Ross King. And, and then he's balled out from the very beginning of the season and he, and he hasn't let up. This isn't like every year you got people who have a great October and a great November. And then by the new year, they fizzled out. No, Miles Bridges just is keeping it up and he is going to get paid. Depending on that contract, he might have played himself into a first round kind of guy in a salary cap league, which is I like, I cannot fathom saying that into a microphone, but like that is the truth. That's how well he played. Um, who are you taking uh, next in your, in your little snake snake order? Um, I'm going to take somebody off my roster now. Oh, um, don't do it. Somebody do it. who went uh, undrafted oh, in yeah. our league. And then I oh. managed to get him off the wire and that guy is a rookie, Evan Mobley. Uh, uh, I told you to take him. Uh. <laughs> well, if you were telling me to take him, that meant you had the opportunity to get him yourself. I did. And you passed. I did. I'm kicking myself. Whatever. My whole season has gone into the tank. So, like, there were a number of mistakes. So, like, I'm not going to, like, jump off a bridge. Bridges. Because of it, um, Evan Mobley is one of the best rookies in a while and it's one of those things where you look back and you're like ah damn it I should have like in the same way that like you look at like Joel Embiid and Michael Jordan who went third or like James (laughs) Harden went third and you're just like shouldn't we have known better shouldn't we have didn't Luca go third Luca went fifth third well he got got traded to young you're right you're right yeah but like and Evan Mobley's so good. God damn it. Well, I'll just say that, I, I mean, none of the three of us drafted him. I picked him up off the waiver wire. None of the other right. owners in our league drafted him. So we can all kick ourselves for that. I think the reason we didn't draft him is, one, he's a rookie, and they, like, some do really well. But, like, Cleveland had just, like, just enough talent that you didn't know who was going to get the usage. And then they signed all these bigs. And you're like, there's no way they're going to put all these bigs on the court at the same time. But they're doing it. And it's why they have a top five defense and are actually in playoff contention to host the playoff series. Yeah, it's working. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. But, like, you had to be like, well, they just gave Jared Allen $100 million, And there's no way they put Mobley – out there with Allen when they also just gave Laurie Markin in 15 million. And they have Kevin Love making 30 something. Right. They're, they're going to bring him along slowly or something like that. But no, they started him right out of the gate and he's been putting up, you know, putting up numbers the whole time. Like they have him out guarding the perimeter and then they have him, you know, facilitating the offense from the elbow. Like he's, it's insane. It's like I've heard, I've seen comparisons, and I don't think they're that far off base. Of like, Chris Bosh meets Kevin Garnett, and it like the thing is, when you look at his production, when you look at his numbers, and you're like, yeah, I can see him growing into Chris Bosh and Kevin Garnett's basketball love child. I think in a redraft, in the style we're doing it, I think he's gone a little too early i think there's some other names on this list who i'd rather take over evan mobley but he's not going to slip that far in a real draft next year um i feel like there's like three or four people who i would take over him um and one of them i think he's a second round pick for for me personally if we have a 10 team league 
Yeah. Uh, I think he's going middle of second round. Yeah, just because of like the the sheer number of like stats that you accumulate, like the, like for fantasy purposes, like you can play all the best defense in the world if you're not like getting like counting stats, it like doesn't quite matter. Um, I'm gonna take Sabonis because he's <sighs> one of the best fantasy players in the league. Uh, he's only missed two games because of a, a, sh- a shoulder or something, and now he's out for like virus protocols he's played most of the games he's an all-star he's only making 19 million i'm not gonna say much more uh everyone knows how good he is and he's being underpaid but um mr ross king i think there are two young guards who you should just take because you took them in real life who yeah no that's exactly what i'm gonna do it's yeah just do it it's john morant and Lamelo ball and and they're they're both absolute studs and they're both on rookie contracts uh john morant's a fringe mvp candidate uh, with the way the Grizzlies have surged the last couple of months. Uh, you can't say enough about either of them. They're going to be uh, great values next season as well. I believe next season is the is the end of John Morant's rookie deal. They'll be a fourth year. Um, but then you can still get LaMelo for a couple more years at a great, great discounted price off of what the talent should be. They're, they're great. I mean, I, I, I can't say enough. I, I love them both. Uh, I wish they would just not resign with their teams and come to Orlando. That's that's my hope. Um, it won't happen, but that's my hope. You know that not every player can just go to Orlando, quote unquote. No, I'd be okay with it. I mean, we only have fifteen guys on the roster. Only actually have twelve on the bench, but I mean, I would I would be okay with both of them being in the fifteen. Is it too early to think about taking Tatum? I believe he was my third pick in the actual draft. I think Jason Tatum is a guy who everyone not overdrafted, but like it feels like he's underperformed, but I'm looking at the numbers and like he's on pace with Carl Anthony Towns and Sabonis and Embiid and LeBron for like fantasy stats. Mm-hmm. And he only makes $28 million. So I feel like I have to take Tatum. But something about my gut is like screaming at me to not do that. But if I've learned anything this season, it feels like you really shouldn't worry too too much about how much you're paying someone if they're going to play all the games and be consistently great, despite like how the team is performing. So I'm going to take Jason Tatum here and then regret it as soon as John tells me why I'm wrong and who he's taking next. <laughs> I don't know that you'll necessarily regret it, but I will say, um, I mean, in this redraft, just like uh, I tend to do in actual drafts, is I keep an eye on that salary. I mean, I'm willing to pay something, you know, high, I'm not just going for cheap guys, but cheap, cheap guys who produce are absolutely worth it. And Jason Tatum was one of those guys for several years. And now he's on a $28 million deal. I don't think he's underperforming for like 28 mil a year. Um, I think he's underperforming from what like he did in the Olympics and what we, you know, come to expect from him as he generally has shot much better in the past and he has been very inconsistent shooter. Um, 
frankly, the same thing's happening to Jalen Brown. And that's one of the reasons that Celtics team has been such a disappointment is that neither of them can get hot at the same time. Um, and they don't have a facilitator, uh, really. Um, they refuse to start Schroeder, um, for one. And Marcus Smart, that's just not his game. So don't really have a facilitator. And I think, um, I don't know. I'm not saying I wouldn't that you shouldn't take Jason Tatum. I just, I wasn't especially interested. Now, as far as my, my picks, um, I'm thinking I'm going to go, I don't know. This is probably going outside y'all's boards. I'm not really in, I don't stick to other people's boards. I don't think about that. Um, like I said, I do think about cheap guys and Jason Tatum has a cheap teammate who's been producing on a $4 million deal. And that is the time Lord, Robert what? Williams the third time Lord. I had not seen that he's coming. a center. He's a center. And this is John. So I was like, he only has one center out of out three guys. We have a center coming and it might be the time Lord. And it was the time Lord. I'm shocked. He's gone this early in a, in a rest of the season redraft. I'm shocked. Someone dropped him in our league and I'm shocked that I picked him up, which was a smart thing. Cause I've only done dumb someone things. Someone dropped him. Yeah. He's been oh on my team God. for a while. Yeah. Oh, I missed he, that happen. I think it, he might've got dropped when everybody was cycling through like protocols or something. Um, I think he might've got dropped by the guy that drafted him then. Cause that guy's put mo- like more moves than anybody else. And he's just basically streaming every spot on his roster hardly anymore. Um, but I also think like there's serious talk that Boston might be moving Horford because Horford's salary is only guaranteed at like 50% next year. And so if they can find a taker for him, um, RW three's got that, uh, that center spot all to himself rest of the year. And even if not, I mean, I think Horford's going to get more minutes as, as the season goes on. And he's already like, like I said, for, for 3 million or whatever, he's absolutely lived up to that deal. Um, I think the other spot that I'm going to go is off one of another surprise team from this year. Um, and that is the Chicago Bulls. And I'm going to take Zach Levine. Whoa, another bombshell. Oh my God. Zach Levine's on a $19 million deal. He's not putting up DeRozan numbers. DeRozan's making like six or seven more than him. Yeah, but so just take them really, Rosen. Yeah, but the two of those, the two of them are putting up major numbers. And like I said, like if we're thinking of this, like a salary cap dra- uh, draft, the gap between Levine and DeRozan is not that big. And you can basically get, you know, because DeRozan's a new face in a new place, he's getting, and because like historically, He's just put up empty stats and his team hasn't done anything. He's getting all kinds of buzz and everything like that. But Levine is right there on the lat. Like, and here's the other thing. Like, I will say some bias for me in all my picks is always like one thing I think is like, is this the last year that I'm going to want this guy because he's about to get paid? And yeah, contract year. Levine's in a contract year and he is not going to be anywhere near as cheap as 19 and a half million. Uh, on his next deal. He's probably no, going to double that. DeMar's been better. Like, here's how I'm thinking of things from <laughs> now on. 
Every single year, I'm always like, I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to run out of money. And every single year, like clockwork, I have too much money and I'm making moves all the time. And there's tons of cheap dudes <laughs> and expensive dudes. So at the end of the day, you should just take the better player as long as they're like within a, a reasonable salary. And DeMar DeRozan has just been like, not like leaps and bounds better, but like better, better. Like he puts up more points. De- like DeRozan's an actual MVP. DeRose is an actual MVP candidate. Too. Yeah. So I'm shocked um, that Levine. Like, I don't like, think Levine is. And this is fascinating. Professor John, this is fascinating. All right, Jared, wow. who are you going to take? Uh, I think you have to take DeMar DeRozan now that you. You, you have to take DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> and we're going to move this along. Uh, Mr. Ross King. Uh, let's, let's do a Bulls trifecta. Um, it's a guy, he's a guy who I just picked up in, uh, in our league actually off of waivers. And he's the one guy that seems to always be out there for the bulls. And that is Orlando magic legend, Nikola Vucevic. Um, what? Yeah. (laughs) You're taking him over Carl Anthony towns. You already took. No. With my next pick, I'll take I'll take uh, you know what because I took three guys on rookie deals. I can do this now. I'll also add Carl Anthony Towns because <laughs> I thought he had already been drafted. Aren't you the one taking like notes on like who's being taken? Yeah, no, that's what's really sad about this. Yeah, that's pathetic. Thanks. Dad. I'm shocked Carl Anthony Towns fell this far in our redraft on this podcast. I'm shocked he fell far in our real draft that happened in October. Um, He's putting up like, I don't know, top 10 fantasy production, and he's only being paid like $31 million. How did he fall this far? What is wrong with you people? Hey, Why you crazy? Rosen and Tatum and Sabonis and DeJounte and Jokic. So it's on you too. I'm literally looking at a list of like ESPN standard, like most points scored. If you just accumulate all your stats into like a big, stupid point total number and i've just been going kind of down being like all right well he's cheap i'll take him over him and whatever and i'm like car anthony towns is like not paid nearly as much as harden who's on this list and curry and chris paul and lebron and westbrook who are like in the same sort of class of of all-star producing superstar kind of dudes i'm flabbergasted that he fell this far but anywho you took vucevic too yeah I did. Cool. He's a he's a consistent guy, but he puts up numbers. That's what he does. He does. And he's been doing it for years, and now he's doing it on a team that actually has a chance to make noise in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the East, but they have a chance to actually make noise. That's a real thing. So I'm going to rectify a mistake that uh, Professor John made by taking Zach Levine, by taking a player who is making $19 million and is actually doing better than Zach Levine this year. His name is Fred Van Vliet. He's off the board. He's on my team. I I don't know what superlatives are left to say about this man, who I believe went undrafted, has the whole team to himself. No one thought the Raptors would be any good after Kawhi left, and he is a all-star caliber, legit good, I want him to like start for the Knicks kind of guy. Uh I love Fred Van Vliet. So he's off the board. He's only making 19. Uh, and I'm, I'm shocked that he fell. So Mr. 
Mr. Gosho and Professor John, you're up for two. All right, the first one, I'm going to a surprise team, but I've already picked from them before. I'm taking Darius Garland at seven and a half million. And if we're talking rest of season, he has no competition in the backcourt. He is the scorer for Cleveland. And I believe just, I think he has two this year and one more year left at this price. And then he's, he's going to be a max player. I think this year is the Sexton figuring out what he's doing thing. And I think next year is the Garland figuring out what he's doing thing. Yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. All right. So next one. Um, let's see. Um, just mentally sorting everything out. I feel like I'm going to have way too many guards, um, but we're not trying to be super strict about anything. No, we're not strict about the numbers or the positions. We're just like, who's like the best rest of season dude. And um, I'm honestly kind of surprised because, because Shay Gillage Alexander was like a first round pick for everyone, but he gets hurt every year and the thunder will not play him if he's hurt. And so like, he's still on the board, but like, I wouldn't take him for the rest of the season. Cause I don't trust him to be on the court. Not because of him. I don't want you to bring him up till the 10th round when I can take him. Oh, stop it. Uh, but because of the Orlando, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, like, this whole rest of season thing is, is pretty interesting when you think about, like, oh, Rudy Gobert. Oh, Rudy Gobert's hurt. Oh, Kevin Durant. Oh, he's hurt. You know, like, like names like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Professor John, who are you thinking? Well, yeah, that's exactly why I actually had, had not, like, taken SGA. He, he was one of my main targets in the fall. But um, he's just gotten hurt. And, like, at this point, when you're talking to Oklahoma City, you literally can't – you can't – guarantee that he's going to be back like they they could just shelve him um because he's the only person that like really helps them win um i'm gonna go with um i am gonna go with somebody from the state of oklahoma but he doesn't play there anymore that's kate cunningham Mm. Um, another rookie who has hit his stride um making about 10 million and you know the more the season goes for detroit that's like they're going to deal Jeremy Grant somewhere and literally all that's left to do is see, okay, what are all the ways that we can make Cade Cunningham's life easier? We're going to, you know, hand him the keys and the rest of their rotation is basically going to be this, you know, or the galaxy of Cade Cunningham. We're going to orbit everybody else around him and figure out who do we want to keep? What are the pieces we need for him? I think he's going to, you know, he's going to make this rookie of the year, interesting between him and Mobley because Mobley's role is still a little bit limited and Cunningham, his role, role is only going to grow. You know, it's one of those guys who you forget that someone has on their team because he started off hurt and then not doing too great. And you kind of just cast him off in your mind. And yep. if you actually check in on the Detroit Pistons, you're like, oh my God, Kate Cunningham. And then he's going to be one of these like perennial, like first to second round players in a, in a salary cap league until he gets paid. Um, and depending on his trajectory, I mean, if he gets a, gets a hefty chunk of change in his first contract and he's still really good. I mean, it's not like you're going to not draft him like a Luca, like you're not going to not draft Luca just because he's getting a max. Some max players are worth it. That's the name of the show, Supermax. Uh, John, did you go twice? 
I did. Darius Garland, Cade. Okay, Cunningham. Darius. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm positively shocked that Anthony Edwards has fallen to me, oh. um, considering he's on your actual team, Professor John. Uh, Anthony Edwards should be an all-star this year. I think he is the dude in Minnesota. Uh, sorry, Cat, but uh, I could see him learning to play good defense and, and being coached up, and it just seems like Cat is like, what if I score more? And Anthony Edwards is like, well, what if I try to win for my team? Uh, so those two together is comical. But, uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards, um, worth every penny, every penny. He's great. Mr. Ross King, how many players left right. do we have to draft since you're keeping uh, track? So this will be the this will be the end of round seven. So we'll my first pick will be, and then we'll have three players left each. Okay. Um, so with my with the end of round seven, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, now that he's actually back on the court, putting up some good numbers with the surging Memphis Grizzlies and fringe MVP candidate. Uh, John Morant, um, and he's cheap as hell, so that's that's great. And uh, I'm gonna take a guy who was probably the second best player on his team. There are probably some out there who was like, no, 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 he's the best player on his team. Um, on the powerhouse Sacramento Kings, that is Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, I, I mean, I remember him being talked about in the draft in 2020, and I didn't expect him to actually be as good as he's been. Um, but there are some who think that he is as good as Darren, De'Aaron Fox. I don't think he is quite yet. I think he's still a little bit behind De'Aaron Fox, but no, he's, he's making a hell of a lot less than De'Aaron Fox is. So I would rather pay Tyrese Halliburton every single day than, than uh, De'Aaron Fox. Now, Tyrese Halliburton I mean, is better than De'Aaron Fox, and he's arguably better than Rashad Holmes. Think that. Um, but he's the best player on that team, and I am – Livid. I will. I will. For, I will remember this until I'm 90 that the Knicks did not want to take him. Um, that's one of those like all time misses. I. I. I just. I can't. I will never live that down. Um, he was worth it. And who did you pick before? Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Jaron. Yeah. Yeah. Triple J. He was always an injury guy. Who you had him and you're like you feel good because you're like okay and then he get hurt and you're just like yeah whatever. He's in a contract. If I he started off this season injured. Like, he didn't oh, play the yeah, first typical. few weeks of the season. But he's in a contract yeah. year, so so clearly he was like, all right, this is like the maker. I need to make money. So, like, I don't know what happened, but good for him. All right, so round eight, Jared Russo, who you got? Okay. I'm going to list some players who have not scored as many points as this, as this pick who I'm going with. So I have a, I have a mystery pick. And I will review his name when I'm done with this spiel. But here are some players who have not scored nearly as much as this mystery man in fantasy. Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Christian Wood, Jarrett Allen, John Collins, Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, Jimmy Butler, De'Aaron Fox, Miles Turner. None of those players have scored more in fantasy this year than Julius Randle, who, yes, I took him very early in our real draft, which was a little too high, but he plays every game. He plays hard. I know he's not as good as last season. I know the playoffs look bad for the team in general, but he's still a rock-solid, super good fantasy basketball player 
who re- very rarely is, is on the bench. Um, he plays, man. And until I, I see a total collapse of his game, especially his fantasy game, um, he's still worth a, a third or fourth round selection in a salary cap league. Uh, and he's still t- picking up, you know, worth picking up in, in other types of leagues. So a fall from grace from where I took him. But in my defense, he was like an MVP level kind of guy last year. And he's not making he that much money. So Julius Randle, there you go. All right. So I took two guards last time. So by law of nature, I've got to take two bigs this time. It's just like the universe will be off its equilibrium if I end up with more guards than bigs. <laughs> so I'm actually going, I think I'm going to be the first one of us to go back to the same team for a third time and drafting the walking double-double, Jarrett Allen. Mm. How much does he make? He makes 20 million. Right? 20. 20. Even. It's, it's a clean... It's, it's, I think it's him that has like the very clean, like, yeah, exactly 20 million oh. for this season and next season and the following season. That's my yeah. favorite contract like right. in the league. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and I mean, that's the really crazy thing about Cleveland is like Darius, not only is Darius Garland like their, their score, he literally is the only person who's not a big who's putting up any numbers in Cleveland. And they are supporting production from Evan Mobley, from Jarrett Allen from Laurie Markkinen and from Kevin Love. Like, like if you were not in a salary cap league, you could roster any of those four bigs and it would not be a waste of a roster spot. I mean, when you're talking Kevin Love making 30 million, that's a waste of roster spot. But the guy who's just outscoring all of those bigs, like the leading scorer for bigs uh, in Cleveland is Jared Allen. Um, I had him last year on his last year of his rookie deal. Loved it. Um, I wasn't sure with that. Uh, front front loaded uh, front court in uh, in Cleveland, whether he'd be doing it this year, but he's putting up even better numbers this year. And um, so, yeah, I'm taking Jared Allen. And then my other pick is uh, is DeAndre Ayton on the last year of his rookie deal. How much he's does making, he make? He's making like, well, 10, eight, something like that. 10 12. to 12. All right. Okay. It's, it's, it's Jared 12, Ross King rosters him. Yeah. He, and uh, he is hurt right now. He's gotten a little banged up. And so they got like Biombo and JaVale McGee has, have been filling in. But when Aiton's been on the court this year, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Ross King, he's produced. He's been great. He's been great when he's on the court. Um, and then Biombo has come in and, and not quite done as well, but he's producing very well on a, on a minimum salary. So if you're in a salary cap league and you need a guy to fill in for eight, Biombo is both the sun's choice and your fantasy choice. That's what you should go with. You'll only get those pro tips. If you listen to Supermax. Um, John, I'm going to one up you. Deandre Ayton is a good pick. He's making 12 million, but he's been hurt. What if I told you that Christian Wood is, just as good, if not better, doesn't get hurt as often and is only $13 million. I mean, you well, could tell me that. Great. Yeah, I could, because I'm going to. I'm going to take Christian Wood. <laughs> uh, Christian Wood, imagine him getting paid not that much, and he gets traded to an even better situation where he can flourish instead of having to like rely on 
Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and and Jason Tate and all these other really young dudes who are raw and gifted and have a lot of talent but are not quality professional basketball players as of yet because they are so young and not like as reliable. So uh, I would say Christian Wood. I mean, I think he's going to be like if if he gets traded to a situation like a Charlotte from. You know, we talked about that in my last appearance on the show. Uh, I can see that being really fun from a basketball perspective. I will say his usage probably goes down. Um, you know, I, I, we all try to not let biases. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe some of us don't care, but we all try to let biases not affect us. But really turned me off that he uh, refused to check back into that game a couple weeks ago. Um he, like he would just wouldn't check in for the second half after he got called out yeah. at halftime. And I think that's why it just like wasn't on my board. Obviously you, you, that doesn't affect his fantasy production, but it just like, like, you know, it's like I mentally wrote him off. I think. Who up next? I'm up next. Good. Uh, I'm going to take the first New Orleans Pelican that's been taken this entire draft, and that's Jonas Valanciunas. Um, played very well at center. I, in an earlier podcast, I forgot he'd been traded for Steven Adams in the offseason, so I said a statement that was correct last season, Jonas Valanciunas of the Memphis Grizzlies, when, in fact, he's been on the New Orleans Pelicans all, all damn season. Um, he's playing very well. He, you know – a team that is not playing well because they have a unicorn in Zion who is also a damaged unicorn in every way possible. Um, he's consistent, puts up numbers. Uh, really the, the only reliable big guy on the team. Um, Jonas Valanciunas is my ninth pick. And then with my final pick, my final pick, there's too many – there's too many options. No, there's not. There's a lot of good there's options. only though. one. He is the German hammer from oh, the University God. of Michigan. Oh, my Lord. Now on my roster as of an hour ago. Because I traded him to you. Thank you, Orlando Magic Ford, Franz Wagner. It's not uh, a bad you know, pick. Coming, in, it's coming into uh, this season – Magic had the fifth and eighth pick. They took Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, and everybody expected Jalen Suggs to just go off. Um, and that hasn't happened. And it's it's been injuries. It's just been poor shooting. He started to get, get a little better the last couple of weeks. But Franz Wagner has been consistent from the word go. Um, he can pass. He can rebound. He can shoot. He does all sorts of things very well. I very much enjoy the fact he's a member of the Orlando Magic. I hope it lasts past his rookie contract. And, uh, and yeah, so Franz Wagner is my uh, last pick. So does that mean my guy coming up now is my last pick? Obi Toppin, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to list some names. Maybe not the best oh. rest of season, which is why they were sort of Obi on Toppin. my honorable mention list. Uh, SGA is injured. Kuzma is probably a little too much money, but he's been doing really well. Uh, Jalen Brunson is probably like a mid-round dude. Desmond Bain, great. If Anthony Davis can stay in the court, he's probably really great to own for the rest of the season. Uh, Bobby Portis, Wendell Carter Jr. I can't believe Sadiq Bay got dropped. I picked him up. Uh, Jason Tate, as I mentioned, Tyler Hero, Josh Giddy, no one saw it coming. 
Keldon Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, who I traded for, uh, RJ Barrett and Josh Hart. But I want to take Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey, I feel like is going to be secure in his position because I don't think they're trading Ben Simmons and he's probably still going to start and get even better as the season goes on with MVP Joel Embiid. Um, and he's making peanuts. So uh, Maxey is my final pick. All bad. right. Yeah, one more, John. Yeah. Um, you named a bunch of people that I was considering. And so now just out of spite, I can't take any of them. Um <laughs> <laughs> When I actually go back and look at all my picks, I've been doing a lot of like Jared Allen was my most expensive pick, uh, Zach Levine second. And I don't think, you know, it's kind of very much mirroring my strategy in our actual draft in October. Like both of those guys are right around 20 million. And I haven't taken anybody else over that. So I think I have a little room to splurge and I'm going to take another Boston Celtic, Jalen Brown. Um, is he I think the most surprising thing about yeah. this draft is hmm. uh, the other guy with Jokic who was being considered for MVP, Joel Embiid Joel was Embiid, not taken yeah. at all. Yeah, jo- I feel like Joel Embiid should have like gone here. How much is Jalen Brown making? He's like uh, 26. Oh, that's a lot less than Joel Embiid. I don't know, but Joel Embiid, though. I picked him yeah. up too, and he's on my roster. Now he is on my IR. I think they're resting him. I mean, you could have gone with a whole bunch of people, Tyler Arrow and whoever, uh, Josh Giddy, but I feel like that's like a good group of 40 plus dudes for the listener to to consider for the rest of the season if you can somehow get any of these guys. Uh, names to think yeah. about for next year. Boy, if you had 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 time traveled me back to October and given me this list, I would have been like, who the hell is Desmond Bain? Um, I would have been flabbergasted that no one took SGA. I mean, you know, I would have been flabbergasted that like Luca didn't go number one. Like I, some of these things, like Evan Mobley, like get the hell out of here. Um, but that's where we are, man. The NBA is a weird place. I mean, Luca did go number one yeah, both was... in this draft and the previous one. <laughs> he did. He did. Did he? Let him yes. have his moment. Yeah. Really? Why do I not yeah. remember that? That was this podcast? Yes. That was this podcast. Oh, am I, think, oh, am I thinking of, of last year? Um, You're thinking of last year when yeah. James Harden went number one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Then let me let me rephrase. Who could have guessed that whitey-ass white crackers like Franz Wagner and Josh Giddy could play some real ball in the NBA uh, I could say that because I'm white and uh, and Cooper Cup could be the MVP of the NFL. Josh Giddy is sneaky, s- sneaky good pickup if you can get him. Insane. He's rostered in our league by, I believe, a, a Thunder Homer who also doesn't really make moves. Um, so none of us are going <laughs> to get him. <laughs> Not, none of us are going to get him. But Josh Giddy, like if he's a, out there in your league or if He's being undervalued in your league. Like literally what we just said about SGA is why you should go get Josh Kitty because he's going to like, if they ground SGA because it helps their tank and he's their only significant asset that really, if that person gets hurt and you know, he's, they're about to pay him like 50 million a year or something, 30 million, 40, whatever, huge max deal. Um, Josh Giddy 
is going to be the one running that offense. He's going to be getting all the production. And already as one B, option 1B, he's been getting like triple doubles and double-digit assists and rebounds. Even though he can't shoot all that consistently, he's putting up production on every other category. So, yeah, I would say, you know, that's a very sneaky pick. I mean, frankly, we didn't even mention – I mean, this rookie class is amazing. We didn't talk – we didn't even mention the name Scotty Barnes. Oh, Scott, my God, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, like all of us in, in our group chat for our fantasy league, except for like one dude who just stands ACC basketball – were just totally raking Toronto over the coals for taking Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. And, of course, Masai Ujiri knows a little bit more about basketball, apparently, than any of us, uh, because Scotty Barnes is out producing Jalen Suggs like they're, like they're not even in the same conversation. You're like, really? That's who it would have been? Oh, between? he took another tall wing. <laughs> and, yeah, Scotty Barnes is like he's scoring better than we thought he could, and he's doing everything else as well as he, we thought he might like as well as you would hope that he would have. So like, yeah, rookies all the way through. Unbelievable. I mean, really it, it, it's like J, the Jalen's are the rookies that are disappointing. Every other rookie <sighs> is bad. knocking it out of the park, but Jalen green and Jalen Suggs are the ones that are disappointing. And we, and those were the rookies. A lot of us thought were going to be the people who yeah, produced right blind, out of the gate. Scoring shooter, <laughs> even my Shen Goon. Oh, poor Shen Goon. Um, we're going to end it here, folks. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jared Russo. You can follow my co-host at Jared Ross King. Uh, we don't have enough Twitter spats. We should do more of those. Those are fun. We should, um, we'll, we'll just generate one this week. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I mean, follow, you know, the show and subscribe and whatever and share it. Um, I might be even so bold as to offer a slot in our salary cap fantasy basketball league to anyone who uh, goes onto Twitter and asks us, well, well maybe we just put, put you, dear listener, into our league if you even got this far. Uh, so, yeah. So, thank you for, uh, for listening and, and checking us out through Sports Ethos or, uh, or however you found us, Hoopball. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. So, we're just going to put some random person in the league? Yes. Can it be Joe Burrow? If he wants. I definitely would like Joe real quick. Yeah. See if he can get in the league. I I mean, that said, you know, be careful what we wish for because all he does is win. No, yeah, that's right. I'll call call, call my guy Tom. Cut the mic. Cut the mic.